Gotcha. He's here. Awesome. We have man. a guest. We have a guest. This is this is becoming real life now. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's your fernet, and then we're gonna take some more fernet over here. Yes, right, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have for just pure shit beer? Uh, PBR. How about The fernet is uh, compliments of Joe Boudreau for you helping him out. He sent me with a little like cup that like I came over to. Get from you, he sent me that same thing here. Oh, I don't need to wear this. Great. Thanks for joining us, man. Hell yeah. You're the first guest ever. <laughs> what I'm going to try and do, Mitch, is I can look my head towards one of you when I'm talking. Like if I'm talking to you, I'll just look down and be like, hey, Mitch. <laughs> well, that's actually Terry. That was me. Oh, that was you? Okay, you're on that side. Mitch, I'm going to put your names on each side of <laughs> Uh, so, uh, uh, we should probably start it out with, um, Terry Aldrich, uh, the owner and proprietor of Backstage Pub. Uh, he transformed that into definitely a staple in downtown, uh, place to go to get high-end eats, um, great drinks. Good bourbon. Great bourbon. He's got, uh, he's got some probably news to talk about, some prior expansion of some ideas upstairs. Yeah. And uh, his favorite drink is Fernet, and Merck <laughs> happened to have some Fernet sitting in front of us. So I say we cheers our first podcast to some... Oh, God, I can't believe you love this shit. It's so uh, good. We'll do a distance cheers because it's still COVID. Cheers, boys. <laughs> cheers. Oh my god, how do you do That's that? good for you. How'd that go down? <laughs> Very smooth. It's oh, great. <laughs> how long have you owned the, the place now? Uh, coming up on three years. Hmm. Yeah, open about two and a half now. <laughs> Happy you did it. So, Terry, one of the things. Yeah. yeah. One of the things, Terry, that we're going to uh, start off every episode with is the question. That's going to be a rhetoric for everyone on every episode. So, Merck, you thought of the question, yep, so I'll let same. you uh, go ahead and ask Terry. So, if money didn't matter, didn't even exist, what would you be doing right now? <laughs> um, dancing. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, you got some great moves. Great. Well, that's what it's, I used to do, so. It's amazing, so a guy of your large figure to move... <laughs> Like you do. Just call me fat, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're tall, too. <laughs> How did you get into dancing? Um, I actually started taking class when I was 14. I got in a bad rollerblading accident, lacerated my liver. Really? Yeah. Airlifted Albany Medical and the whole bit. Wow, yeah. And then I started to teach when I was 17 and, uh, yeah, progressed from there. Did you compete? Yeah, competed, uh, choreographed music videos, fashion shows. Um, I've done fashion shows out in Aspen, New York City. I was in Brooklyn for three years taking classes in Manhattan. 
Oh shit. Yeah. And then you, the whole dance world changed and you came home. I got out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just it grew away from what I was doing it for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just completely changed. So how so though? Um it wasn't about passion and skill anymore. It was about how many YouTube likes you had. It was about how many Instagram followers, Facebook followers. So when you used to go into an audition, I'd be lined up against, you know, 75 to 100 jacked, ripped dudes, shirts off, doing backflips, like practicing and shit. And then I would walk in, and the first thing they looked at, it didn't matter that I could outdance everybody, battle everybody, whatever it was, but they looked at, all right, well, this person has a 1,000 Instagram followers. Really? This person has this many likes on their YouTube channel, and they would cut right there. No shit. Oh, wow. They would go, okay, you, you, you. You guys are good. The rest of you can go home. And that was because of the audience that they could get out of that? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. If you, have, wasn't... if you have, I mean, think of it as uh, buying an Instagram page. You get somebody yeah. like, let's say, Tim's NY Kitchen. That's over, what, 14,000 you know, likes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'd want him coming to your, your well, whatever you're doing. You'd want it coming because then you yeah. could utilize him and you could utilize that, mm-hmm. that reach. network. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much about the talent at that point. It, it stopped being about the talent, the passion and how much you were there and how much they saw you. And, you know, you could know the judges and know these people that were watching you and it didn't matter. Yeah. If you didn't have the criteria that you were looking for or that they were looking for, you were done right mm-hmm. off the bat. It's all about the money. Yeah. 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 Typecasting. Could you yeah, make a living fun. could you make a living being a dancer if you weren't like J Lo's backup? Um, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. It's a and especially right now, it's a super aggressive, like competitive. It's so competitive. Yeah. Even even when you're taking classes, taking classes at Broadway Dance Center, I mean, Studio Five's the biggest studio and it fits sixty five to seventy people. Really? And you would all be dancing, but you want to be up front. Now, I don't want to be up front because I'm 6'1 and fucking 270, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, are we swearing on this or yeah, no? Okay, because yeah. it's already yeah, happened. My bad. <laughs> you're good. So, um, so, yeah, I don't want to be up front because I don't want to block the little Asian girl that's trying to, you know, see the teacher in the front yeah. of the classroom. Yeah. But at the same time, if I'm in the back, I'm lost. Mm-hmm. I can see over everybody and I can get the dance right, but if the teacher can't see me, then how are they going to pick me out to do, you know, a special whatever? whatever. Mm-hmm. So it just, yeah, it's difficult. It when, was, when you was were difficult. growing up and you started doing that, were you ever ridiculed or like, did people look at you differently? Yeah. Well, I grew up in the, the age of, you know, oh, you're gay. Mm. You know, it was always that. Yeah. It was, oh, well, you dance, you're gay. And it was when yeah. coming out wasn't, I'm not gay, <laughs> but, but coming out was ridiculous. You know, I remember when my mm-hmm. cousins came out to me and they were so terrified to do it and they're five years younger than me, you know, it was just unheard of for somebody to come out and be like, you know, so that was an insult, but that was also the, you know, instead of saying you're stupid, it was, Hey, <laughs> you're gay. Yeah. But so, you enjoy it. So, oh, yeah, I love it. It's my yeah. passion. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I go with. <laughs> you still do it? Yeah. I teach I, classes once in a while if I can find time. Yeah. Every time it comes up it on seems your like feed. It seems like a great form of exercise. It is. 
It is. Is there a particular style that you were? Hip hop. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was is, always hip hop. Is hip hop different than break dancing? Yes. Okay. Hip hop's more, I mean, there's different styles. I mean, think about, you know, if you like varietals, let's say bourbon, you have Michter's, you have Larceny, Woodford Reserve, blah, blah, blah. If you mm-hmm. have hip hop, breaking is an offset of hip hop. Okay. Then you have popping, locking, gliding, sliding, blah, 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 oh, wow. all the way through. Yeah. But when you're in the city, you're oh, any, any audition could be anything. You could show up for a hip hop audition and they could teach you fucking jazz. You had oh, to be really? able, yeah, you had to be a chameleon. You had to be able to adapt to any kind of dance style there was. Like I've taken ballet before I've taken tap, jazz, lyrical, um, anything you could think of. I've probably taken it. Wild, yeah. Does anybody else in your family dance? No. Just decided to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> out of just out, All, of the, out of the blue, or just there was some inspiration. I actually, after I had lacerated my liver, I thought that it was going to be break dancing. Really? I was like, well, shit, I want to spin on my head. Yeah, right. Me too. <laughs> what was that? Yeah. What was that, that movie? That, what was that movie that came out? Um, no, Stomp the Yard. Yeah, is that what it was? Yeah. Or no, yeah. probably. Uh, uh, you got served. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you got I, served. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can name all the dance moves. I, I, <laughs> I tried spinning on my head. Yeah, right. Yeah. Everybody yep. did. Everybody's like, "Oh shit, I can do that." I definitely couldn't do it. No, <laughs> I am not. Can you? God, no. Okay. The most I—I I mean, I used to be able to do like front flips and shit like that, and then like one-handed handstands. Is you know, if you look at my Facebook profile and shit, it's all up on there. But yeah, isn't. Uh, isn't like the human neck only able to like withstand seven pounds of pressure before it snaps? So how I don't know, man. Just call me fat yeah, like he already right did. There. You know what I mean? That right <laughs> I'm just saying. No, no, no. That's what always made me nervous no. as I'm trying to do it. I'm like, I might break my neck trying to do this. Right, right. Mitch, that's definitely a fault because my head weighs at least fifteen pounds. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there that's a is there a story behind the liver laceration? Yeah going down a hill super fast with aggressive skates on didn't want to ruin them because it was my first time going to the skate park with them no breaks <laughs> and uh yeah i had uh grass burn all up my arm people thought the uh doctors thought it was road road burn and whatnot and it was it was from going in the grass i face planted my nose was over on the side my face was covered in blood really yeah hemorrhaged a couple oh, times that man. kind of thing wow wow yeah, it was a good time <laughs> and you said i that was a skater I was a skater back in the day, too, so I know exactly what you I uh, went through, man. I had many days of that, but I never lacerated my liver. Uh, yeah, I, hit, I just hit the ground so hard that it just slit, basically. You know, you know what they <laughs> say, though? Well, doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And Well, yeah, the liver's a muscle. Yeah. Hey, well, exactly. Yeah. And so it just grew that much bigger, and that's why I can drink it. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. That's why you can fucking handle it. That's, that's, that's what I used to tell people. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, the exact that's reason. That's so crazy. That's wild. So what them. made you... What made you think about opening the backstage? Like, tell us a story about the thought process when you were considering it. Um, I mean, I've been bartender for almost ten years, so it just it came down to the fact that I didn't want to do it for anybody else anymore. I I worked for somebody in the city who I really didn't respect, and once I moved back, so I was in the I was in Brooklyn for three years in Bed Stuy, okay. um, bartender down there in a hood bar. <laughs> So when people told me, well, you got to watch out for Schenectady, I was like, yeah, I've probably been in a bad style for three years. I'll be all right. Um, but no, I just moved back and kind of fell into it. I just didn't want to do it for anybody anymore. What's the craziest story from bartending there? Uh, 
there's too many. I mean, <laughs> I pop the bar, or people have invited me outside. I chase somebody down the street, um, tackled them. Really? Like, yeah, for a tab. No shit. Yeah, without a doubt. How high, how high of a tab was it? Seventy-eight dollars. Yeah, yeah. I've jumped the bar for six dollars. I don't give a shit. It's money Absolutely. coming out. It's money coming out of your pocket. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mitch, when you're open, somebody walks out on a beer, you get a little pissed. Yeah. 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 That's all I can talk about for the rest of the night. <laughs> like this Game motherfucker. Over. Yeah. See, so you grew up here, Boston Spa. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then. At, so three years before you opened up um, backstage is when you were in the city? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what, it was, what prompted you to go down there? Because you were just down there for dancing? Dance. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. I went down there for dance, and then obviously, I mean, I, I didn't make any money off of dance. I never wanted to. It didn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Passion. Yeah, yeah, it was passion. I wanted to do it if I could, you know, I remember doing, like, marriage proposal uh, flash mobs. Really? And I still have the $50 bill that the, the first one that I ever made. It was the first money I ever made off a of dance. And that was down in the city. Yeah. Yeah. That was that's in, so cool. Is there a video of that? Yeah, probably. Really? It was in Central Park. Yeah, it was I did I've I've done 20 something marriage proposals and No shit. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, big flash mobs like that. It's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So So what Sorry, Merk. No, my go bad. ahead, man. I'm good. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the city is the speakeasies. And if you ever go to employees only? I've heard of the it. City? Yeah, I've heard of it. I've never been. So my sister actually had a, fa- she owns a fashion agency and uh, she's had it for about 11 years now. And she lived in Williamsburg and then the East Village. Um, and we used to go to employees only all the time. And there was a documentary film. Um, about about speakeasies that they filmed at EO when I was there. And it's always made me want to open a speakeasy at some point in my, like when I'm retired, that's my goal is to open a speakeasy. And I understand that you have some uh, new parts upstairs of uh, backstage. So why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, I'm still trying to figure it out upstairs. It's, it's I mean, it's a speakeasy style bar. I just want it to be kind of dim lit, you know, candle lit mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. lounge type. I actually bought the furniture from uh, Kaposha Wine Lounge when they closed down. Oh, really? Yep. So two of the tables are the half wine barrels I refinished, oh, oak tops, cool. and cool. then uh, all the lounge chairs and whatnot. But it's going to be strictly wines by the bottle, whiskey, neater on the rocks, mm-hmm. and craft beer, can or bottle. That's cool. No you, draft system, nothing like that. You're so. doing all the work yourself? Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. Just hung the doors the other day. No oh, shit. Yeah. Well, yeah, I saw that photo. Yeah. Looks awesome. Yeah. It's coming is there, along. Is there a time frame? Uh, last October, 2019. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've been telling people for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was supposed to happen more than yeah. a year ago, mm-hmm. but COVID jumped in the so, way of that and oh. everything else, you know? Fucking COVID. And you did all the work remodeling the backstage, right? Yep. The, yeah. How yeah. long? So, so when you moved back up here, did you... Was that building already for sale and that's, you knew what you were going to do or you were up here already? So the building was for sale. I actually found out about it from uh, Dan Kravitz, who is the GM for Artisanal Brewing. Mm-hmm. They just moved up to Wilton. Um, I moved back with no plan. And then I think my mom and uncle were at the brewery and said something about the Beer Abbey originally. Mm-hmm. 
oh, that's, and he was like, I've worked there before. You don't want to go into it. It's a shithole, blah, 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 you know, code violations, this and that. He also so, wants 700,000 for it. Yeah, it's shit. absurd. Like absurd electrical amount. panels behind posts and shit. It doesn't <laughs> really? make sense. Yeah. <laughs> the building's yeah, so out want of to code. avoid that. Yeah. yeah. So, no, he told, uh, told my mom and uncle about the backstage, and we actually went in there right when she opened one day, and we were just going to we, – we thought it was already closed. Really? But it was we open. Walked, yeah, we walked in, and she was behind the bar, the old owner, and she gave us a tour right then and there. Wow. And I pretty much started up the paperwork probably two days later. No shit. Yeah, no thought mm-hmm. to it. Just let's, let's go. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Just that's do what it. I love. That's what I love about <laughs> small business owners is – the kahunas on you guys like every time that you see something like that like i've always wanted to own my own business but that right there the stories of hearing that where you just start signing the paper and signing your life away on something it's such a big investment is it's impressive every time that i think of a small business owner like you guys yeah was that was that like were you nervous was it, what was that like so it's weird money of like money of that caliber yeah doesn't phase me i don't know why like i'm not loaded you know, I don't pay myself, you know, whatever. I wear the same pair of shorts every day. They're stained, and you guys can vouch for that. Like, <laughs> they're just shitty shorts. I wear shirts that are given to me. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's all about the free the free merch. Yeah, exactly. You get free <laughs> merchandise, and it's like, yeah, I'll just wear this. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, money to that extent, I don't know. It doesn't phase me. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm paying the bills still and everything. Yeah. What phases me is when, like, Bank of America – Gives me a transaction fee of twelve fifty a month, mm-hmm. like a monthly maintenance fee. I'm like, are for you what? fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. You know, I took out a loan for whatever it was, yep. you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars, and I was like, but you want to charge me twelve dollars and fifty cents? <laughs> yeah. And then I lost my shit too because in the savings account they charge you three dollars for a monthly maintenance fee. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm paying fifteen fucking dollars a month. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah. And you and <laughs> you have so my wild. and you have my money. Right. Right. <laughs> like you're holding my money. What the fuck am I? You know. Oh, I used to. That's why Terry's out there tackling people for seventy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah! I'm not fucking around. Sir, why are you tackling me? Bank of America made me do this. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. I wasn't really nervous about it. It was just. It was the next step in Just whatever right. was going on, and that, that's a thing. Like, going through COVID, going through all this bullshit, going through, you know, we opened we opened for the last show of the season in 2018? 17? 18? I don't remember. 18. 18. 18. So we opened for the last show. Didn't have a menu. Yeah. Opened for that week. Yeah. What was that June? It was June, right? Yeah. June. Got absolutely yeah. slammed. We're telling people, you know, we don't have a menu. We didn't have a printed menu. Didn't have a written menu. We were literally just sending fucking appetizers to people. Like, yeah. you know, here's this. Try this. <laughs> we, you want some deviled eggs? That's that's when I tasted the uh, the bacon wrapped. Uh, the bacon wrapped. Yeah, the bacon <laughs> potato roses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we were just sending shit out. It was like, you know, flying by the seat of our pants kind of thing. And like, here we go. Fuck it. Yeah. And then since then, it's been, I don't have time to go backwards. So we're going to go forwards. And I'll do whatever it is. You know, I've worked, I mean, in the city, I've worked 36-hour shifts, you know, 40-hour shifts. I don't give a shit. You just keep going. Oh, yeah. Yeah, somebody calls off. It's like, all right, let's go. I'll take a shift, too. Yeah. Well, it's a city that never sleeps. (laughs) I (laughs) never fucking sleep, I'll tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I remember remember shift being down there doing, um, what the hell was it? I think I opened. No. I, I went in at four o'clock in the afternoon, worked until four o'clock in the morning, almost five o'clock. 
Um, it was a Tottenham bar. It was a Spurs bar. Okay. So what? What is that? Uh, soccer. Okay. So seven o'clock in the morning was the game. Mm-hmm. Brunch person called off, so I literally reset the bar and opened up at six thirty in the morning. What? After slammed. closing at four. Yep. Reset the bar, got slammed again, and then that person decided to call off that night, and so I worked until five o'clock the next morning. If it has to be done, it has to be done. Yeah. Like when you're, and it's money in your pocket, so yeah. who gives a shit? <laughs> what a big, big crowd. When you're doing that, huge, crazy. Yeah, those like there's the rush of everyone and the energy around you. Like, did that fuel you? Oh yeah, that has to. Yeah, it's and it was such a wild bar too because we were right off the G stop at Bedford Nostrand, so it mm-hmm. was. I mean, there there would be you know however many hundreds of people that got off the train, and so. You'd be an empty bar, and then it'd be go. Yeah. Like, if you had a bus drop off, that's what it was. It would be from empty to balls to the wall, no order to anything, just start throwing drinks at people. What was that, Euro trip? When they had uh, they get on the bus or whatever. Oh, yeah, the soccer bus the or whatever. Soccer, and he's, like, beating the shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're all just riled up. Yeah. It was basically like that. Yeah. It was chaos. I used yeah. to. I used to work at Applebee's in Plattsburgh, and it relates to this because all the Canadians from Montreal would come down to Albany to go to Crossgates for their shopping spree. <laughs> they thought Crossgates was like God's gift. <laughs> it was like a mega mall. And then on their way home in the evening, as soon as Applebee's would do like, like last call at 10 o'clock, that Canadian bus back to Montreal would pull in at like 9.50 every single weekend. And I'd be like ready to go out and party, and all of a sudden the Canadians come in, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm getting a loony for a tip. Awesome!" <laughs> <laughs> and we'd get slammed with a hundred Canadians. Oh my God, yep. that's chaos. That's it's a lot of polite people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Is that enough, eh? <laughs> Will a loony do it? Okay, yep. sorry. <laughs> Oh, man. So, Terry, over the last, obviously, nine months, we've experienced uh, quite the turn in society with uh, COVID. What's been the most challenging part in uh, what's worked well for you in terms of transitioning? Let's find a bright spot in it, and then let's obviously talk about the pain points. Um, I think the hardest thing is trying to find a niche. You know, we were doing so well with proctors and without proctors. You know, we gained all these regulars and you know, friends that just came in and, you know, you've had yeah. the same and whatnot. Well, I mean, I started at your place. Right. Yeah. But then it just, um, yeah, it was about finding that niche. You know, some food doesn't travel well, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, all right, well, am I going to send French fries? You know, I stopped putting like lettuce on burgers because lettuce gets wilted by the time, you know, you get home, little things like hmm. that. So it was all what's going to be the best representation of my food by the time it gets to your house and your house could be a half hour away. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. fries are going to be soggy, but mac and cheese holds well. So let's, you know, fuck it. Let's do family mac and cheese. Let's do hoagies and toast the bun and put everything on the side. Let's do tacos and do family style and do a quart of meat and, uh, you know, all the fixings and everything. So you can build them when you get home. Yeah. You know, little shit like that. that are, these, was, are these decisions that you're just coming up with on your own as you yeah, going, just it's noticing it? Your yeah. staff isn't helping you with, you know, like coming up brainstorming and stuff like oh, this? Oh, we, we brainstorm, yeah. Yeah. Emily, my main bartender, is ridiculous. She was the one that, like, kept me grounded through the entire thing because I was, 
yeah, blackout drunk for the first, like, <laughs> probably for the first four months, honestly. You know, Just it wasn't until stressed. actually, well, it wasn't until actually Heather, my friend over Bittersweet, we guys know Heather. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, she just told me one day, she's like, yeah, you need to fucking calm down. <laughs> and that was the day that it all like hit me because mm, your really? family and friends say shit to yeah. you. And they're like, yeah. everybody is always, how you doing? How's it going? Mm -hmm. Like, well, I just built this from the ground up for two years of my life. And I was just about to like get out of the kitchen and maybe bartend again or hire some more people and work less. And then it all came down. Mm -hmm. Like, how the fuck do you think I'm doing? You know, and that was the biggest thing was... You know, everybody, it wasn't, <laughs> one of my regulars, Jim, who still comes in, he's awesome, awesome dude, super soft-spoken, like, just always buys me around when he comes in, you know, around mm -hmm. for the kitchen kind of thing. Mm -hmm. He just, the first time he came in, he didn't ask me how I was doing. The first he, time? The first, the, well, the first time he came in during the pandemic. Yeah. He didn't ask me how I was doing, he just goes, keep going. That's and I was like, that's all I needed to fucking hear, mm -hmm. like... Everybody asks you, well, how you doing? Yeah. Well, you making it? How you doing? Well, no. Like, this <laughs> I'm fucking not, sucks. Yeah, like, I'm not doing well. What do you yeah. mean? You want to? Yeah, dude, we had a crazy night. I did $300 in sales. You know what I mean? I sold a four-pack, all right? Like, how do you expect me to, My, you know, answer that? How you doing? Like, yeah. not good, man. <laughs> the, way, you know? the way I try to explain is, like, uh, that, that Friends uh, scene when, like, Ross is like, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm okay. That's what it is. Yeah. I'm not. No, right. it sucks. It fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're all in it together and whatnot, but yeah, until it just fucking sucks. It's just, it's well, just one, one of the things, Terry, um, that's become a hot topic. Albany County recently announced the limiting of DoorDash fees in like Grubhub and Uber Eats to 15%. How have those fees impacted your business? Are you on any of those apps? I'm not on any of those. Yeah, it's not okay. worth it. Is it's... that why you're not on them? Um, no, that's not what it is. I was never on them before. Um, just because okay. I, so going back to the city bar, we used to have so many Grubhub, DoorDash, all these places, and then the service inside would lack. Mm -hmm. And that sucks. I yeah. would rather worry about the guest in front of me yep. than worry about other people. You know, how, how are you going to feel when you come into a bar and you have to wait 40 minutes for a burger because mm -hmm. I have to cook all these other burgers for the people that aren't even fucking here. Yeah. They don't even want to take the time to come out. Right. Yeah. I mean, I understand it has its place. Everybody wants to go food. I get all that, but I'm a small kitchen. I, you know, I'm back there by myself. I have one bartender. Like, yeah. that's that's it. Yeah. Yep. So, if you want to support me, come out and see me. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But now the thing is, anybody can order Grubhub and get Grubhub. Yeah. Even if bars aren't participating. So now Grubhub has older menus of mine. Some that are back like fucking five years. Really? Oh yeah. They're I get not, called up. I get called up menu. for fucking catfish sliders. Like it hasn't been on the menu for probably six years. So how does that work then? Oh, they don't. That that's the problem with Grubhub is they don't give a shit about it. They'll instead of saying okay, well we'll call the customer back. They'll go well. What's close to it? Well, nothing. <laughs> so then you have to go back and forth and take up more of your time. No, it's not even that. They'll go, well, do you have a no. grilled grilled chicken sandwich? And I'm like, well, yeah. 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 Oh, that sounds good. We'll take that. Like, what are you talking about? You know? Like we had somebody, when, when I first opened, I, I tried brunch on Sundays. And we had a fried chicken Benedict. Mm -hmm. So we have people call up and they're like, can we get the fried chicken Benedict? I'm Two like, years ago. 
I haven't made that in fucking three years. <laughs> they're like, well, what's, good, what's closer? Do you have a fried chicken sandwich? Yeah. All right. That sounds good. What do you mean? <laughs> you know, and that and that's how all these grub-up people are. It's gotten to the point where I have to tell, like, the bartenders to be like, no, you need to refuse. Yeah. Because it's going to fall back on us. Yeah. They're not going to be happy with Somebody yeah. asked for a certain set of wings, and we don't make those wings. Mm-hmm. Well, can right. do these wings instead. But then when you get it, it's like, well, this is what I fucking ordered. Yeah. And then it comes back in the restaurant. It's not Grubhub's fault. Right. Yeah. Everybody looks at them as just a delivery service. Right. Not, not right. the... They're the middleman. They don't care. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, and they charge you 30%. So they're negotiating on what they feel is close enough for the customer? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. And they always call up nope. and they're like, hi, I'd like to place an order for my friend uh, Mitch. Like, Really? That's not your it. friend, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's how they call. That is some shady business. Yeah. So, no, and I've never. You, but here's the thing, though. If they're doing that, are you getting the full price of your product or um, are they still somehow taking a fee? They're not taking a fee at all from me, no. Oh, really? So they're just trying to get back That's in the so game. Weird. They've right. taken a huge hit from Uber Eats and DoorDash. Well, another thing is normally when you order through Grubhub and you tip, it goes to either the server or or the, establishment the, driver. the, the server or the bartender. It's okay. supposed to go to, I believe. Yeah. Or the driver that works for like the backstage day. Yeah. That is going to whatever driver is going to pick it mm-hmm. up. So now my girls that are taking the order and going through all this fucking all this painstaking work. nonsense. Packaging it up. and Packaging it up, doing it everything. They're literally making nothing off yeah. of it. So I'm making the money back from the food, but they're making nothing. It's not worth their time. Yeah. So it's got to the point where we're just going to, you know, fuck you. Don't, don't answer yeah. the phone. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, so is there delivery... So- like on your own, are you guys doing any delivery? Or is it just like you're you're doing it for them to pick up? Just doing it for them to pick up. Yeah, mm-hmm. not delivery right now. Yeah. I mean, when it does happen again, I might think about doing something like that. Mm-hmm. But again, it just it, it falls on the delivery person. I mean, I saw somebody posted in Five One Eight Foodies that Nico's Pizza, it looked like it was all dismantled and shit and whatnot, and they're like, "Wow, would Nico send this out?" No. no, Nico didn't send a fucking pizza yeah. out like that. Yeah. Like, your delivery guy dropped it. Mm-hmm. But now they're going to write a bad review, and it's going to come back in the restaurant, mm-hmm. and then it falls back on us regardless. Well, mm-hmm. every time I go to get, like, Chipotle or something, it takes 30 minutes to come, and I'm watching the person on the route, and they're going. I'm like, where are they yep. going? I'm like, they were th- – actually, there was a time I got, I think, bombers or something. Yeah. And they were literally – I think we were here. I think Merck and I were here. It's one block away. And then I watched them go three miles up the road to deliver something before they actually wind right. up coming here. Yeah. Yep. And I'm like... And then your shit's cold. And then it's fucking cold. But if you yeah. weren't watching them, yeah, would you blame it on the driver? Would you blame it on the restaurant? No. It's, no. That's the problem. If you weren't watching them, you'd probably blame exactly. it on the fucking yeah. restaurant. Right. You'd yeah. probably be yeah. like, what, they fucking make it and leave it there? <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah it always it comes way. back on the restaurant. It always comes back on the bar. I so. think I look at it differently. I'm like, it's always the, tri- it's always the driver. Well, yeah. You know. Well, you're a restaurant person. You understand mm. that. Exactly. Yeah. People that aren't restaurant people don't understand that shit. They're Open like, a bar, they said, right? Yeah. <laughs> It'll be fun. This is, Terry, this is just, yeah. Terry, this is just my random thought, but 
I feel like if you were the dancing delivery driver and you could have someone in your kitchen, I think you'd make a lot of money. <laughs> Just show up and start popping and whatnot. Yeah, dude. A, Leave a food gram. I'll put out, I'll put out speakers like... outside of my Jeep and just start going fucking yep. crazy. Oh dude, you'd go viral. I think backstage pub would be the hottest item for delivery. We, we should actually you know, do this that. guy's going to show up and break dance. Yeah. Here we go. Yep. Everyone's going to Snapchat you, Instagram you, Facebook you. You're going to be all over social media. I want the, moon, the the driver to moonwalk to the front yeah. door. <laughs> Tell me what move you want to do. Yeah. You, you can dancing. thank me in July when you do this. Dancing deliveries, we'll call it. <laughs> That's crazy. Not, yeah. a, not a, what do they call it, a songgram? What are they, uh, uh, when someone comes and starts Yeah, like a songgram. Is, yeah, is yeah, it a songgram? Yeah. Is that what they call it? Yeah. Yeah, but a dancing yeah. gram. Dancing gram. Dancing gram. Yeah. Or a food, food when, gram. When like the Morocco band. Yeah. <laughs> Mariachi. I was going to say, Mariachi. like, Parks and Rec, were they? <laughs> so we heard you had a bad day. Bad day. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the BSP burger today. today. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry we took so long. Here's a shot of Fernet. Enjoy it. <laughs> oh, it's what? perfect. What? Everybody likes Fernet, dude. Stop. What got you into that? <laughs> what got you into Fernet? Um, the first real chef that I worked with, uh, Matt Richardson, he's at uh, Forno Bistro right now. He was at Boca for a long time in Saratoga. Yeah, yeah. We went out after the shift, and, you know, I was training, so the bartenders didn't tip. Mm-hmm. They said, you know what, we'll give you the lowdown for everybody that works there. Yeah. We'll come out, and we'll buy you drinks. And I sat down, and he bought me the first shot of Fernet, and I was like, well, shit, that's awful. Fucking <laughs> 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 awful. It was disgusting. The first shot you do, you're... It's so I bad. mean, I just remember being like, what the fuck did I put into my body? <laughs> and then it slowly gets better. The more and more you do it, and then you realize, like, the benefits behind it. It's actually good. So, yeah, it's 23 Italian herbs. So this is my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to get Let me read the nutrition facts Here for you. <laughs> so it's 23 Italian herbs, super medicinal. It does taste like motor oil with a menthol finish. <laughs> it was the only thing allowed to be sold during pro- prohibition, though, because it was considered medicine. Really? So it's Italian herbs. So oh. if you ask an old Italian person, their grandmother probably had it in the medicine cabinet. Oh, shit. So once you start to realize that benefit behind it, when you have a sick stomach, sore throat, anything like that, you do this shit and it's medicine. And that's because? And it's alcohol. So uh, I don't want to chug Robitussin, but I like, you know what I mean? But I'll take some for now. I'll definitely I'll take, take some for all day. <laughs> you, have you, so if you've come down with like, a, you can feel a cold coming on or something like that. Have you? Yeah. And it's work? Yep. Awesome. Really? Yeah. Dude, it's cough medicine. It's 23 Italian herbs. That's it. And the alcohol. only reason it starts to taste better is because it's burning all of your taste buds <laughs> off the tongue. <laughs> that must be why it's delicious. I, I do agree, though. I, I, when yeah. I, the first time I ever took it was with you. Yeah. And it sucked. Uh, <laughs> but I, I've taken it a handful of times now, and it, it does get better. It better. just gets better and better. Yeah. Yeah. You ever like it makes those glands back there start like salivating instantly. Yeah, like I have like to tequila. vomit. Tequila and Fernet are the only two that do that. Yeah. Uh, tequila's good too. It's good for you. Oh my god. Hundred percent agave, man. You're crazy. It's like a fucking vegetable. Yeah. You're crazy. <laughs> You're crazy. Let's start selling let's start selling some terramana. That guy's making more money oh, than he needs to the off rock of tequila. Is the man. I do whatever the rock does. 
I do whatever The Rock does. <laughs> Everybody do you have does a, do you have a tequila? I, I, well, no, because I can't make enough money to fucking purchase it. <laughs> See, I almost brought it in. Weren't, weren't they doing the, the chugging contest or the chugging challenge were or something? With Terramana? Yeah. That was the thing. He was, he was, yeah, he went on. The Rock. Yeah, I think he was just on his Instagram, like, chugging out of a bottle, and so people started doing it and whatnot. Really? So I just wanted to get it in and do that. I like, know. Hey, Rock, what's up, man? I, yeah. Because <laughs> he actually started, like, highlighting people that were sending videos in. Yeah. He posted on his actual Instagram. Yeah. And he's got over 200 million followers. So get a fucking bottle and I'll chug it right now. That's fine. We should have a bottle. This would be amazing like, to do right now. And the Rock just sitting here. here is from the backstage. Oh, man. Be like well, me inviting of, uh, Crusher. Crafting your own, your own concoction. Tell us about Big Stupid and the uh, the remake of it. The remake of Big Stupid. Um, what the Stout edition? Yeah, no. All the, the above. Tell us about how Big Stupid the first edition came about, and then take us through the uh, the life cycle. Um. Well, I've been friends with Hunters on J for got a while now, and we kind of see eye to eye and whatnot. Mm. And then uh, I've always been friends with Wolf Hollow and Mad Jack, and I think Kyle and Brian are two of the best brewers I've met once they could actually like, you know, do whatever the hell they wanted to kind of. And, uh, yeah, we just, I mean, it really started off as we all wanted to get together and get drunk one day. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. We the met up at, yeah, we met up at Wolf Hollow and, uh, the four, the four of us just <laughs> started at eight thirty in the morning, did the mash and started fucking drinking. And but how does that work? You guys are like, we're looking for a beer like, and you're like, how no, do we craft we, um, that? Or? We, we just all want to make an IPA. And Kyle one day was like, you know what, man? I just want to make like a just a big, stupid IPA. And I'm like, well, that's the, that's the name. That's a great name. Mm-hmm. It has to be the name. Yeah. Like yeah. nobody, you know. <laughs> it's perfect. It's, it, and that's what it's come down to in the craft beer world is the name and the can art and all mm-hmm. this other stuff. Mm-hmm. You look up at a, at a board now and you see a lame, you know, kind of mm-hmm. name or whatever. And you're <laughs> like, eh. Coors Light. And then you see big stupid IPA and you're like well shit I'm gonna fucking take that you know or anything like Thin Man makes you know mm-hmm. even Fightins like I know Justin you're a big Fightins fan yeah like they have you wanna try Eugene's right. Axe like yeah. they they have good <laughs> names like you look at you look at Thin Man they have Trial by Wombat mm-hmm. like who doesn't wanna have that fucking beer it's <laughs> Trial by Wombat you're like what the hell does that I don't know you don't know what it means sci-fi hamster wheel yeah. and you're like well fuck yeah I'll take one of those I told I told Frog Brewing I was like you guys need to make a beer called Forget about it. <laughs> and I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I thought it was genius. <laughs> I thought it was fucking genius. Wow. But I don't know. Whatever. So so the second. So, go ahead. The second yeah the second part of that you're saying the next one was a stout. No, so we did two IPAs to start. Uh, okay. We brewed we brewed the first one at Wolf Hollow, then we went over to Mad Jack and brewed on his system. Um, and did the same thing. And actually, Brian from Mad, uh, Brewer at Mad Jack uh, got his little smoker going out back and did a couple sets of ribs. Really? And, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We just nice. grilled all day and hung out and drank some beers. Actually, I saw it on the, the story. And yeah. I was pretty jealous. I was like, wow, damn it. Dude, it's awesome. Sure. Brian, it's just, it's, it's Brian's a great dude, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's literally mm-hmm. four guys getting together and just, you know, the bartenders come and shit like that. Yep. and Drink some beer and make some beer. That's it. Why yeah. the hell not? You know, it's four local businesses helping out each other. And it's just, you know many small businesses make a big business and mm-hmm. that's why we brought in bittersweet the third time um her candy because, is, her candy is so good yeah heather's heather's fucking awesome i've known heather for a long time um i trained her at boca 
I hope she hears that and just fucking loses her mind. <laughs> Heather's been bartender for like 20-something years, but it's always the running joke that, oh, yeah, well, I trained you at Boca. Yeah. I'd only been bartender for like a year. Then who came? And I, and I trained her, you know, so. Who, so. Came, who came up with the mitt shot? <laughs> that was M. <laughs> the wuss bag shot. Oh, my God, the M shot. <laughs> the M shot, that's right. Mitch doesn't understand that when you do a car bomb, you drop it in and oh, chug it. No. Yeah. So he poured it in. So he poured it in and sipped it. I did. I still remember who was there that what's his name? Jay, no. right? Jay from Frog Out. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was there that day and I you were there. Yeah. And I poured myself like three quarters of a pint and chugged it and Jay stopped mid drink and he was like what the fuck? What did you just do? <laughs> I'm like, I drank my beer, dude. And he's like, I've never, I've never seen that. I don't understand what just happened. <laughs> and then Mitch is over there sipping, sipping on it. Like, we're about to get him a fucking bendy straw. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was good. It was also, and so, yeah, it was Emily, also two o'clock in the afternoon. Right. So <laughs> Emily and I, that was the day that you said you wanted to drink with me. Yeah. And I was like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a day that I started at like nine o'clock in the morning and it's two. Mitch is already fucked up. He's like, dude, we should drink together one day. And I was like, you dude, you're it. fucked up off of like four beers. I've been drinking since nine. <laughs> well, I didn't have a lacerated liver, man. Right, I can't fuck right, you right. up. <laughs> on top of that cooking brunch, on top of that taking care of everybody. But yeah, M, M with that Mitch bomb. Oh, oh. my God. That was so perfect. It was What perfect. was it? Truly? Or no, it was White Claw. I don't even remember. White Claw, cranberry juice, and like it was delicious, orange though. vodka or something. Something. It was like the that basic, sounds really good. Though. It was like the basic bitch bomb. And and Heather, and Heather was just ripping me a new one too. Oh yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, you want good. another one? I'm like, I don't think I can do another one. <laughs> that was uh, a fun day. All I wanted though, when she was, we were there, was she had this. She makes this like chocolate covered pretzel. <laughs> he's saying it so seductively. Yeah. Oh, wow. Justin, it's Justin, just, are you just seeing this right now? You're not even it. seeing oh, it. When I eat okay, it, good. it's just it's so it's good. It's just so good. So hey, good. bittersweet. Folks, I want to welcome you to the ASMR podcast. It is bittersweet. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's bittersweet. <laughs> so, yeah, the stout edition was, you know, all of us coming back together again, and we wanted to make a big stupid stout. It was great. That was it. And it's, oh, it sells out so fast. We still have it on tap right now because people are scared of it because it's 9.5%. Mm. So. <laughs> it's got some nuts. <laughs> it's, got it's, some. Dude, it's, it's got a fucking punch to it, you know? And it's. Here's the thing 9.5% is going to make hanging out at home during COVID a lot true. more fun. Yeah, right. Is which is why we're going to be running like a special on growlers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Because people come in and they're like, oh, can I just have a taste? All right, I'll have a Miller Lite. Can you imagine? I'm mean? like, all right, we're, we're tasting the entire fucking gag here at this yeah. point. Like, yeah, just, you know, get a, get a glass. It's fine. Can <laughs> you imagine if we made every guest <laughs> drink a glass of that? You oh, should. We get the, we'd get the nuclear codes for the, uh-huh. the president, I think. Tell you what, though, if you guys run and tackle someone, it's going to be a lot easier if you make them drink a glass of that. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, Terry, recently, uh, Great Flats, I don't, I don't know what your relationship is with them, but they uh, announced a pretty innovative business model. I was telling Mitch and Merck about it earlier, where 
you can pay $299 for the year and get one crowler a week, or I think it's $499 a year for two crowlers a week, or $899 a year for three or four crowlers a week, and they call it like the dad bod like subscription model. That's pretty. Have cool. you thought about Have you thought about doing anything? Like, what's your take on that? Um, I haven't seen that. That sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, he um, actually posted. I think on his Instagram recently. No, no shit. Do you guys do a lot of growlers? We don't anymore. We were doing them uh, during COVID and whatnot, during mm-hmm. like the start of it, mm-hmm. and just throwing on. Like I try to keep as much local on as possible, just so right. You know, support everybody. And uh, no, we were doing we were doing growlers and whatnot when we were thanks man we were doing growlers and whatnot when we were pairing them with dinners so we were doing like two hoagies plus or or a half pan of mac and cheese plus a local growler for x amount um but a lot of people are um justin you said crowlers or growlers he's doing crowlers it's uh crowlers are two yeah go ahead sorry yeah, two ninety nine a year for one crawler a week, which saves you like two hundred and twenty bucks for the year. Uh, level two is called the Dean of Dad Jeans. Four ninety nine a year gets you two crawlers of your choice per week, which saves you five hundred and forty bucks for the year. And then level three is the King of Old Dorp, which is six ninety nine a year, which saves you eight hundred and sixty one dollars versus paying for them individually. Wow. Hmm. I mean, the subscription model is kind of where everyone's been turning. Yeah, software wise, mm-hmm. but. It's interesting to see where it's going with. Well, it's funny. It's nice to do crawlers, and that's why, like, Wolf Hollow, I know, just got their own crawler machine. Oh, they did? Um, yeah, they, they just installed it last week, or they just started using it last week. I was there when they were doing it. Um, it's funny the way people see beer like that. Like, when you see a growler, people are like, well, that's pretty fucking big. Yeah, it's big. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then you see a crowler, and it's a monster can, you're like, wow, that's perfect. <laughs> so I feel like the crowler model, yeah. It's as big as Justin's head. <laughs> and for a scale everybody that's quite large yes yep. but yeah so the crowler model that's cool i've never yeah i didn't see that um as far as where it goes for me i i don't know i mean yeah to do a growler growler club or something like that you know i'd, I'd originally thought about doing like a growler punch card Doing like every ten growlers you get, you get one free or get one half off, yeah. or. You know. But it's just tough because the money's just not all there right. in the growlers. Well, I, I feel mean, like if I could pay forty bucks a month to backstage pub, and get say, one cocktail a week and like ten percent off my food for the month, I think that's a profitable business model. And you can tell me if I'm wrong, but like as a consumer, that to me is appeasing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I'd have to wait to institute it after COVID's done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, until we can start making money again. Well, the problem is we just don't know what's going on. Yeah, and it's tough to discount. Yeah, right. You know, and that's the thing is everybody's looking for all these deals and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's like we're already giving you deals. Like when I do a half tray of Mac, when we were doing family meals, we're already giving yeah. you a deal. So to ask for another deal on top of mm-hmm. that is like, I'm not making anything then. Like I'm not, even, I'm barely breaking even at that point. And, mm-hmm. and and not to knock it, when when downtown Schenectady did the you know restaurant week, and they like do a twenty dollar meal, I'm like well, we're already. It was the same thing during wing walk. Yeah, we're not making any money to begin with. Now you know, now it's during COVID, and we're going to discount, right, forty percent. 
Well, that's the thing during Wing Walk, and that was the biggest thing that I said to, uh, who was it, Downtown Schenectady Improvement Project. Mm -hmm. Like, they're great. They know what they're doing and whatnot, but. Yeah, a huge crowd. Right. But they called me, and they're like, you know, how do we do this? What do we do? Like, right now, Wings are at an all-time high. Mm -hmm. And they were at an all-time low before. It's football season. Yeah. Right. It's football season right now. Wings are at an all-time mm -hmm. high regardless. So I, Wings are the one thing in every restaurant anywhere that make you nothing. It really? doesn't matter. Yeah. Yep. You, you, I barely break even on wings. Originally, I had them on the menu as like $9 for 10 of them. Mm -hmm. And then if you include the prep time, the yep. sauce, the fryer oil, blah, 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 the plating, the, you make nothing on wings. Really? You're, you're, you have to you're hope that they're, making, they're drinking more beer on, on site. Exactly. Your benefactor on wings is the fact that they're hot. Yeah. And they're going to make you drink more beer. Mm. It's the yep. same concept if you were to, like, if uh, I know you don't have a bunch of food here, but if you were to have a little <laughs> fryer and serve jalapeno pepperoni chips. Really? What are you going to do? Keep You're going to drink more beer. Gonna, yeah. Jalapeno. So if you, yeah. Well, I have in the fridge right now. That's why I think about it. <laughs> um, that sounds spectacular. I am so hungry you, right now. What are your thoughts on the high temperature of a room making you drink more? I I don't know. I've never thought of that. Okay. No problem. Just, just wanted to throw that. <laughs> is, it, is it too cold in here? Mitch has no, no, got no, a theory I, that he's been I, trying to pound in my head for like the past two years. I've, I've been you places. You think that a high temperature room is going to. No, I've, I've been places and when it gets busy, it obviously gets warmer. Right. And at first I'm like, why don't they turn on the fucking AC? Like they have one right there and they don't fucking turn it on. <laughs> and uh, so when I started looking around, I'm like, I've gone through like six Miller lights just to like stop sweating. I go, this, I, this might be something behind this. You know, that's why they say like, you know, you put bar stools with no backs. You want the turnover. So if people are uncomfortable. They have their food, they have their drinks. And then they leave. And then they yeah. leave. You yeah. have the turnover. And I was like, maybe there's something behind a warm environment where it just makes you <laughs> thirsty. Have I don't you, have the have food you... options. So I was like, maybe I sweat them into it. <laughs> That's why I always walked into JSP before COVID. And was like, dude, turn on the goddamn AC. Here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> My fucking head is gleaming. <laughs> nah, it makes but them drink you, more. But have you nah, been in an empty yeah. hot bar? What's that? Have you been in an empty hot bar? Well, it's not when it's empty. I don't do that. It's just one. I'm, I'm curious. Do we'll, we'll do it. I, heat, heat this fucking place up. We'll see what happens. And see what happens if one person comes in and they're like, wow, dude, it's really fucking hot. Like, and they start sucking down yeah. beers, then maybe. And then I but started maybe, realizing it. Right. It started making me tired. I was like, all right, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> Might have just been the rot. Vodka I couldn't imagine. Bulls. Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> imagine running my heat for that long and just. I mean, God, at the start of COVID. Well, no, at, I don't at have the start the heat. of COVID. I was like, the Emily, you better bring a fucking jacket. Like. <laughs> boiler system. <laughs> the boiler system for the entire building above us yeah. is below the bar, so I, there's no heat on. It's I'll walk in on a 20 degree day, 10 degree day. Yeah, it's it's 75 degrees in here. I should have turned the AC on sometimes because the refrigerators and the walk-in are working so hard to keep it fucking cool. <laughs> I'm like, I can't tell if it's more advantageous to leave the AC on to right, keep it like right. 65 degrees or let all the fridges and everything work on their own. Let the fridges go because then all the dudes that are in here drinking beers are going to drink more beers because it's so hot. 
<laughs> is the theory. Is the theory. See if it works. <laughs> I was just testing it. I go, Mark, you drinking more? He's like, No, I want to leave. I go, All right, I'm, I'll turn the AC off. <laughs> exactly. And Mitch always wondered, Pocket, why are you leaving so quickly? Because <laughs> I'm fucking sweating okay, here. Okay, sometimes I can't control it. Sometimes I can't control it. See, yeah. that's the thing. When I was cold at the bar today, I was like, oh, I better do a shot of whiskey. Yeah. Warm up. Oh, okay. Better do a shot of Fernet. Warm up. Mm-hmm. That was it. There you go. But it's different. It's it's because we're, I keep my bar pretty we're, cold. You know, <laughs> we're guys though. That's what we you know. Yeah, we do that. You know, I feel like I feel like women are more of you know they're just throw them a fireball. Like <laughs> 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 oh, I see you're shivering. You haven't taken your coat off uh, yet. Here another, you go. Uh, here's another one. <laughs> Have some more alcohol. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. People walk in. They're like, oh, Mitch, where's your kitchen? Yeah. Oh, give me five minutes. I'll have this place slow rotisserie. <laughs> <laughs> it was a theory. It was a theory. Oh, I, mean, I can't Mitch. tell if it was. See, uh, Terry, do you know a fact checker? Because we're going to need one for us. <laughs> <laughs> everything that comes out of Mitch, we got to double check. All right. That's all right. Tomorrow um, I'll just crank up, my, I'll crank up my heat and see who comes in and drinks beer. <laughs> uh, okay. Speaking of uh, fact checking. Terry yep. is the biggest hams <laughs> seller, uh, buyer. How do you describe? Are we talking all, ham radios? All, all, the above, <laughs> all the above in New York State. Yeah. yeah. Now, what are what are hams for people that don't know where hams are? It's an old shit beer. 1865. <laughs> That's it. Milwaukee. And you have a plaque, and what does that plaque say? <laughs> Number one ham dealer. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're a hell of a salesman if you can sell people that beer Dude, and Fernets. It's a $2 beer. So I started taking it from DeCrescenti kind of as a joke. And then all the stagehands from Proctor's would come over and you know, they're they're over there working, you know, the entire show and whatnot. Mm-hmm. They can't be shit faced. Because most of my taps are, you know, 6% and above, let's say. Yeah. So you get this craft beer drinker, and they come in, and they're like, oh, well, shit, equilibrium right there. All right, well, it's 75 9%, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You can only have two. But when they have an hour and a half break, and they're like, mm-hmm. well, I just want to slam some beers, that's when hams came into it. So mm-hmm. hams you can actually get as a side now. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. Burger and a ham. Yeah. It's a cheap shit beer. It's hilarious. But it's not that bad. It's not bad at all. It's not that bad. I would drink hams all day, every day. I mean, I choose it for Keystone. Yeah, yeah, Keystone's not great. <laughs> <laughs> How is it catering to when when Proctor's was open? Catering to that that clientele that um, was basically traveling with the the shows, like the show crew. Yeah, they were every show crew that I've ever met. Well, I guess on both ends, the sh- the crew as and as well as the folks coming to see the show. So, so the crew, I've never had a bad crew. Okay, I've had a couple idiots and whatnot and stuff like that, but every crew that's come over has kind of like known that that was the after after hour spot, and they would come over like we had the entire cast of Hamilton. Really. That, yeah, it was awesome. That's like cool. there was one, there was one day where <laughs> I sent the bartender home. It's actually funny. I sent the bartender home, and all of Phantom of the Opera walked in, and I was like, "All right, well, I'm gonna bartend. No problem." Like she didn't want to work. Yeah, cool. I'll make money. <laughs> were they in costume or out of costume? <laughs> no, they were out of costume. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is the past year, and uh, 
dude, I'll tell you what. I had had a couple whiskeys already. I made the Phantom. He was actually the second. He was the run, the like the runner up almost to the Phantom. Um, I made him Manhattan, and I made a martini for somebody else. And I went to walk away, and I spilt just a little bit on the floor. Mm-hmm. I was still wearing my kitchen shoes, slippery as hell. So I walk over to the Phantom. I'm sliding all over the place, you know. Set him down, and I go. I hope nobody minds this, but uh, and I kicked off my shoes, and I bartended <laughs> in socks for three hours. <laughs> I ran around that fucking bar for three hours. We were balls to the wall, 60 people, like, really? couldn't move for three hours. Everybody's like, you want to buy a shot? I'm like, fuck it, <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> dude, we were, yeah, it was just me just going nuts. Wow. Bartender wanting to go home. All right, yeah, see you sucks, later. Dude. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> sucks to suck. Funny, yeah. funny. Yeah, that's what it comes back to. It, it just like I don't have time to go backwards. Yeah, it's forward. Yeah, like that's it. You don't want to work? Cool. Go home. I'll work. Yeah, I don't need two of us. That was probably a fucking twenty-hour shift for me. I don't yeah. care. Let's yeah. go. My only claim to fame here was that one time Kelsey Grammer came, and I wasn't actually supposed to be working but one of the girls called out and they're like oh man i'm not gonna make it i'm like you know because i wanted to relax i wanted to you know talk to mark i want to talk to people that are walking in you know it was the first i think it was a chili chow down yeah it was right around there I think. right yeah mm-hmm. yeah something like that and i was like all right whatever fine i'll work it i don't need two of us whatever yeah and then that happened and then right after oh my god i would have come in i'm like Nope. <laughs> nope. That's my only. That's the only thing I ever have. That's yeah. that's what I always go back to. The old has my been. Claim to, yeah. My <laughs> claim to fame uh, at JSP is the first night he was open. <laughs> Mitch and I were behind the bar at JSP the very first night he was open. I haven't bartended in fifteen years. I think we I came over that night. night. I think you did. I think you did. Yeah, I think I was I there that night. Yeah. That was the first time I met you, Justin. Mm-hmm. Yep, we were hustling. Yep, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> and we, oh, yeah, because uh, Charlton was here and... Uh, yep. That was a few others, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Charlton uh, was, Dom, was... Was Dom? Dom might have swung in. I, yeah. Dom, we were talking two years ago. Because I remember... That was the first time... <laughs> sorry to cut you off, Justin. That was the first You're time good. I met Charlton's wife. Mm-hmm. And he was like... He, he talked to me at the bar. He's like, yeah, I'll buy you a drink, you know, and... Uh, I got to get my wife, uh, you know, I'm drinking red wine. And uh, he got her like a Chardonnay or something, walked over to the table. Oh, this is Terry from backstage. And she goes, fuck is that? (laughs) 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 And he's like, well, I thought you wanted wine. She goes, off of fucking Tito's. I was like, all right, you're definitely Charlton's wife. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Shot him right down. Oh, sorry about that. Like hilarious. I can picture that right now, too. God, yeah. I remember that day. It was funny. Uh, well, he and I, we're, we got out Hold of here. Hold on, Mitch. Hold on, Mitch. You telling it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we we get done, and I, I haven't broken down a bar or, like, done anything at the end of a bar shift in forever. So, like, after the last person walked out the door, I'm like, all right, let's get the fuck out of here. And Mitch is like, dude, we got to clean up and, like, restock the bar. And I'm like... <laughs> Bro, I'm working on volunteer hours right now. Like, uh, it's I normally go to bed at 9:30 and it's 4 a.m. Like you're you're on my last wire right now. So we do everything. We clean up. We sterilize the place. We clean and sanitize. And I was like, all right, I'm pretty hungry. Mitch is like, 
all right, I'll drive us up to uh, to McDonald's. I'm like, all right, man, awesome. So we go up to McDonald's. I'm like, all right, we're talking about the entire way. We're so pumped. I'm like, what are you going to get? He's like, Big Mac. I can, I'm craving a Big Mac right now, a milkshake, like fries. Chicken. And I'm like, oh, man, that sounds so awesome. We get there. We get in the drive-thru at the one up. 358. It's 358. Oh, they had breakfast yep. or clothes. Or, I remember F. this story. <laughs> yep. Yes. Dude. We get in, the, we get in the up to the window or the speaker, and he orders three fifty eight. She's like, "Sorry, we're on breakfast." Three fifty eight. They don't start breakfast till four. The look Mitch, I must have had. Mitch, Mitch looks at me, and he's like, "Are you gonna order anything?" I'm like, "Hell yeah! Give me four McGriddles, five hash browns." <laughs> I didn't even eat. I didn't even order anything. Mitch, Mitch didn't eat, and I handed him a hash brown, and he's like, "Goddamn pity hash brown right now." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a niche fit. I had a niche fit. Oh, he was so angry. So that was where the M bomb was, was created, exactly. right there. Exactly. I was so he mad. Was <laughs> so mad. It's his oh. way or the highway. Wow, come on. I it's, wanted the McChicken. Yeah, well, that's what. You, and you didn't? Yeah, so we hit was, the highway. We hit the fucking road. There you go. <laughs> but you need to pivot, though. As soon as I heard it's breakfast time, mm. you go instantly to the McGriddle. Oh, guaranteed. No. Yeah, I'll take that, two sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles, now. and uh, we'll go yep. from there. <laughs> I wanted the Big Mac, I wanted the McChicken, extra buffalo sauce, <laughs> and all I got was, nope. A pity hash brown. <laughs> nope. That lady I shut you down did I, t- did I take the pity hash brown? You did take the hash brown. Yeah, I took the hash brown. I took the hash brown. You should have just taken it and thrown it out the window. <laughs> Fuck you, Justin. Oh, yeah. Go stack Thanks for the all stools. that help you gave you. <laughs> Go stack the you stools. Would've, you would have seen the JP his fit come out. If you were <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> you don't waste a good hash brown. <laughs> so, Terry, when you're not bartending or at the bar and you're not dancing, what else do you do? What's uh, what's your free time filled up with? I clean the bar and uh, <laughs> prep for the next time at the bar. Mm-hmm. No, um, I've seen you smoking in the backyard, having some good cocktails. Yeah, well, I mean, whiskey, but mm-hmm. I usually don't make myself cocktails yeah. at home. But yeah, I, I mean, yard work and shit like that, and just organizing. That's pretty much it. But. I flew my drone over your backyard accidentally one time, and you made sure to point it out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you saw the orange sign right there. That was funny. Yeah. Yep. You should have popped in. <laughs> Just came down real close to me. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know whose uh, privacy I was invading by yeah. flying my drone over the waterfall. Yeah, two, that was over the dam. What's two the doors, orange sign? Two doors down. Uh, it's just a uh, no-wake zone oh, that I have uh, out at the end of my property okay. right there. Yeah. Yeah, two doors down, he'd come out with a fucking AK probably. Shoot you down. <laughs> I made sure to stay on the other side where there's no houses of the uh, of the locks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, free time is, I don't know, out by the fire, get a fire going, and relax, be away from people. Keep it simple. Yeah. Yeah. When not, chop wood, you know. <laughs> I'm easy. Do yard work. Yeah. Do you heat with wood? Or just for the campfire? Just for the campfire, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I'll go out and get a campfire going and keep it going for like three days. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Just go That's out, awesome. get a fire going, go to bed, wake up the next morning, grab so, coffee, and go out, throw a couple pieces on, mm-hmm. get home that night, do the same thing. <laughs> that sounds like heaven. Yeah. I grew up in Saranac, so like many of my uh, my parties growing up as a kid were spent in the woods, yeah. away from our parents, trying to find the deepest place in the woods of the Adirondacks, <laughs> where the cops weren't going to come and our parents weren't going to find us. <laughs> when COVID is all over with, do you think that you're going to move hire like a, a cook and move kind of back towards the front end or um that's what i was kind of going towards i don't think 
I think I'd like to hire somebody. I don't think I'm ready to give it all up in general. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely go more towards the front and not necessarily work in the front, but be out there at least. I mean, I'm out there enough as is. I mean, I, when you guys come in, I pop out and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, yeah, I was on the track to – if I could go in early, I've, I've just always been an early riser. So if I can get up early, get in there, do my paperwork, do my shit, get prepped, mm-hmm. work lunch – work the dinner rush with somebody and then get out before I have to like do dishes and break down fryers and shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If I could hire somebody to just do that little nonsense and I'd be good. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause I don't need to be there until, you know, 11, 12, one o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense anymore, especially if I'm up at, you know, five thirty, six o'clock in the morning. There, yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't need to be running 20 hour shifts anymore. It's the name of the game. Well, yeah, I mean, I will if I have to. Like I said, I do. That's so, I don't care. <laughs> that's the that's the yeah. Has to be done. But well, speaking of that, Terry, we'll uh, we'll give you some time back in your day, and we we'll break it down here. So <laughs> yeah. we appreciate you uh, taking some time out of your day and joining us here on the pod. Oh yeah, and uh, kicking us me. off as the inaugural guest, man. It's been a pleasure, and uh, we appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. And Thanks if you're in, me. if you're in Schenectady, backstage pub, right behind Proctor's. Thought you were gonna say that like bittersweet. <laughs> They had the salty <laughs> chocolate bar. He's, he's got this BSP burger. My God, it's amazing. It's all I get. It's what I get there every single time. The way you were talking just reminded me of Dane Cook. Just the... <laughs> oh, and, so the and the pickles. Mm. And the pickles. And the sweet and sour sauce on my pussy. <laughs> you can have it your way. <laughs> you can have it your way. Have it your way. That's our motto. Man, pull the car around. Pull the car around. She wants it her way. Oh, it's oh, fucking priceless. Well, Terry, thank you. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you. Thank you very much, man. <laughs> uh, Terry, it's been a pleasure. And uh, this is where we'll, we'll cut it out. Uh, Perfect. Next Thanks. episode, <laughs> well, we have to we'll, we'll record that separately. Yeah, we'll record we that cut after. this part out. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank, thank you guys for listening. Appreciate it. Uh,